Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. With me today, Apostle Dale L. Stodmeyer is an anointed choir master, accurate prophet, passionate worship psalmist, powerful preacher, anointed orator, recording artist, and business entrepreneur. Hailing from the city of Buffalo, New York, Apostle Stoudemire has ministered across the country and shared major platforms with amazing notable personalities such as Dr. Bobby Jones and SOV, Pastor David Wright and New York Fellowship Choir, and the list just goes on and on. And he is currently celebrating 35 years as a choir master. Apostle is the first, I'm sorry, Apostle is the founder and pastor of the Lighthouse Sanctuary located in Wilmington, Delaware which will be relaunching in January, 2024. He is also the founder and president of the Day of Pentecost, DOP, Word and Music Conference, a well-known gospel radio announcer and media personality on Heaven 1120 WMNY, Buffalo, New York, with a morning drive, Joy in the Morning. And in January 2024, he will relaunch his online radio shows, Urban Praise Gospel and Vintage Gospel Gold. With me today, welcome to Let's Talk Gospel <laughs> Music Gold. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I am doing just fine. I was reading your bio and my goodness gracious, you are truly busy. Yeah. Now, tell me, <laughs> tell me how you got started being a choir master. Oh, wow. I've been directing choirs. Matter of fact, let me go back further. Um, I was born and raised in the Church of God in Christ, of course. Uh, many that know me know, you know, I'll, I'm a son of the Church of God in Christ. And I'm in Buffalo, New York, um, where I was born and raised. And um, now I reside in Wilmington, Delaware. But I, when I was living in Buffalo, New York, um, I started as a drummer at three years old my older brother ricky um styled my senior i um, started me on the drums and um i started playing drums in church and then it moved from drums to the organ at six mm. and then from there it moved to me directing choirs starting around like 10 or 11 years old and um and the church that i was born and raised in um was holy ghost temple 
uh, Church of God in Christ, which is now the name has shifted since then, is Holy Ghost Simple Fleming Fire Ministries. Um, and I was there ministering music from 1990 to 2001 mm. uh, when I turned 21 years old. So I started very young as a choir director. Um, I've worked with um, district choirs, high school choirs, uh, college choirs, uh, um, and even youth choirs. Um, I've always been fascinated with the choir. And I'm going to tell you who really influenced me. The late Thomas A. Whitfield, mm -hmm. um, the late J.C. Chambers, because I remember Ecclesiastes Community Choir, <laughs> and um, um, the, of course, the late Dr. Maddie Moss Clark, um, who else? Evan Hawkins, uh, the late Dr. Hawkins, and then the late Bishop Walter. All, all, of, the, all of the major required masters of that time was my influence. Mm. Um, but the main two that stood out to me was that Thomas Whitfield. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he he was he was he was ahead of the game at the time. And so, um, growing up um, in Buffalo, New York, uh, around a lot of great choir masters, um, such as Pastor Jerome L. Farrell, um, the late um, Dallas Thompson of the Varsan Community Choir, um, uh, uh, Dr. Ella Robinson of the New Beginners Choral Ensemble and growing up around, you know, so many greats in Buffalo, New York, um, just watching them go and waving their hands in front of the choir. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. And so, <laughs> you know, as a child, I was always musical. My mom always made sure there was music in the house. My mom told me when I was born, she said, hey, you know you were... <laughs> You know, you were kicking in my wound. And then when I had you, we put you in the crib. You heard music. You got, got the sides of the, of, 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 the case, of the crib just start shaking when you hear the music. You just, <laughs> you know, so I was always into music. I was always beating on something with pencils. I was like I was playing the piano. And my godmom, uh, my first, my my original godmom, who died at, at 107 years old, mm. uh, taught me how to play the piano uh, when I turned around six years old. Okay. Because she said I was interested. I kept going over to her piano. You know, the spinning pianos, the upright piano. Yes. And in our house, she always had in her front room. So I would always go in and start banging, you know, just pressing the keys. And she was like, you like playing? You like playing around with that piano, don't you? Because I will always be fascinated with I was going to start pressing it. <laughs> and so my first chord was an E flat. Okay. <laughs> so I started out E flat. Then I started playing other keys after a while but yeah i started as a choir master at nine years old 19 years old okay well that is great because you know we yeah. you learn by watching the best and you mm -hmm. develop your own style and that is mm -hmm. i think that's wonderful because you're then implementing not mm -hmm. just standing not just sitting there watching and saying man i wonder how this now in yes. choir mastery, some people I hear them talk about, well, you know, just because a choir master, they don't really train the choir. But I heard you exactly. talk about you work with the choir. Talk about that transition and and, and not just waving your hands, ooh, but what you ooh. have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on the song, very, I'm not going to say no, because back in our time, the 80s, mm -hmm. late 70s, 80s, the choir masters of that time, they were strict and hard on us. They didn't play with us. 
Um, they showed us how to. And what I like about the people that, um, um, matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of this one person, um, Hank Reed and Barbara Reed, they're from Buffalo, New York. And they were like some of the um, right hands of Dr. Mamos Clark. Okay. So I, I, they, they were part of the, you know, my development. Elder Paul Edwards, he's another one's a uh, part of my development. I've watched them. They, they, I got a chance to get to know them personally and watch them rehearse a choir. Even though I was singing in the state choir, I would still watch them and mm-hmm. take some of what I learned there and then take it back to my home church and try it on the church choir there. <laughs> <laughs> and which they were like, where did you learn this from? I'm like, well, the district choir, the state choir, you know. And so you and then also watching Dr. Bobby Jones, which was my highlight for Sunday on television. So just watching those choir, you know, directors, how they communicate with the choir, how they move and how they commute. I mean, just the musicians you got because it's like multitasking. You gotta, you gotta, it's like you're directing everything around you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, growing up as you know, a choir director, I had to learn how to communicate with people okay. and learn how to not be, you know, how can I say it? <laughs> I know some people kill me if they see this. They're like, oh my God, not be offensively like, <clears throat> But I was more like, okay, let's try that again, you know. But say, hey, come on, I need you to get this note correct. You can do it. And so, um, doing all of that, and then watching how the choir members respond when they get it right, I'm like, okay, now they got it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, but one of the things that I've learned as um, growing up in my formative years, learning how to communicate with people, okay, and then having a having a prayer life. Mm-hmm. That was something that was drilled in having a prayer life because when you're Stand in front of a choir director. You got to first of all be spiritual enough to know which direction the Holy Spirit is going to take you in. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very sensitive to the Holy Spirit when I'm directing because people say you're like Orlando Draper reincarnated. You just be doing all this this robotic and you just do all kind of stuff. And Ricky Diller was another influence too. Tyrone Block, Ricky Diller, mm-hmm. those were yeah. Uh, 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 what's his name? Cafe Allen. Okay. Cosmopolitan. A lot of those I watched growing up working with choirs and, and they're it just I picked something from everybody, you know, but Alanda Draper was my ultimate. <laughs> he was my ultimate, the late Alanda Draper. Oh yeah. So yeah, he was my ultimate growing up watching him and how he how the choir watch he'd do like a little move and the choir sang or and that used to fascinate me to watch him move his hands or do a certain look on his face and the choir move if his eye move on where his they'll sing a part and then if he does some kind of dance, they'll. It was just, it was just fun. Yeah, it was fun watching that growing up. So yeah, and that's the yeah. good thing about uh, choirs. They learn how to communicate with the director. Mm-hmm. You, um, mm-hmm. I've been places where some uh, a guest director would come in and start directing, and people are not mm-hmm. familiar with their movements, and they don't. I'm not going to say perform, but they don't produce like they yeah. would if they're regular director was standing before them because they mm-hmm. don't understand the moves and mm-hmm. you know I say with a lot of people and sometimes a couple of directors would come out there and I'm like what in the world <laughs> and I'm like am I the only one that don't understand what <laughs> where this director's going so it is and when you talk about directing state choirs too oh. you're dealing with different people from different yeah. churches and different yeah um how can I say different atmosphere? Yeah. How, do you, yeah. how do you develop a sound out of just a, I'll say a smorgasbord of people because <laughs> they have 
a difference in how they project, a difference mm-hmm. in how they breathe, a difference in mm-hmm. how they accent specific words. How do you work mm-hmm. with that? Well, you know, um, when I uh, when I first started working um, uh, within our music department in, in, in West New York on um, jurisdictional um, number one, jurisdiction number one, excuse me, um, under the late Bishop Leroy Anderson, um, one of the things that we were taught as a choir director, we were always taught to make sure you listen to the sound of the voices in the choir mm. and listen to, especially most of the churches that were representing the choir, my home church fellowship with them. So I knew, you know, certain voices in the choir and I knew, okay, all right, there's, there's a certain way I teach a, a specific song, but I mainly have, I sung in the state choir, but I worked with the district choirs a lot. I, I did direct the district choir quite a bit. We had a large district choir and I remember my first time teaching a song to the district choir. Um, I had to keep in mind that every song is not made for every choir. Mm. What may work with your church choir, I mean, I work with the district choir or the state choir, or if you're doing a workshop choir, you got different denominations, you got different, so you got head tones, people that sing with head tone, mm-hmm. you got people that sing with heavy vibrato, and you got some people that sing like their new G, and you got one choir sound like their GMW way. So it's like all these different sounds together, you got to make it work. And so growing up developing that ear, it's okay, all right, so I'm about to walk into a workshop or a, like you said, a smorgasbord of singers. I have to make sure that, first of all, I learn the voices immediately. I have to immediately know what I'm working with. Um, sometimes when, I, when I'm asked to come direct the choir or do a workshop, I always listen to the choir sing first, at least one, two songs first. Mm. So I say, okay, all right, let me go through the catalog of my head and see what I can teach them because I don't want to teach anything that, go, that they're going to struggle with and that it won't connect with them. Okay, And so that's something as a choir master, and I say this everywhere I go to every choir direct, and I say to choir directors mainly, I say, listen, if you're going, even ministers of music, if you're going to teach a song to a choir, make sure it fits the voicing of the choir. Mm, okay. okay. You can't, you can't teach a uh, Ricky Dillard song to a, a choir that's used to a GMWA style. Because mm. every Every mass choir have their own sound. Right. Um, you can't teach a Thai tribute song to a traditional, you know, mm-hmm. choir because they won't be able to connect with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have to know the singers that you're working with. You have to know the musician and the musicianship of the musicians. So this way, when you proceed for everything needs to be in harmony together as far mm-hmm. as, you know, you communicate with the choir like you were saying, how some directors, um, if they're a guest director, they come up and they just okay, this is this is what they teach a song, but then they start doing all the stuff they do with their normal choir. <laughs> Learn the choir first. <laughs> I got I got I got to throw the story in there. Uh, when I moved to Delaware in 2007, now people in Buffalo, New York, know me. They already know my style. They know, hey, when you sing with style, my you got to bring it. You got to give him vibrato. You got to give him enunciation. You got to give him finesse. You got to give him charisma because I like that, you know, because I'm a very, very charismatic choir director. Okay. Uh, but um, when I moved to Delaware, the, in the Philly area, they, they like to direct in the box. They call it directing in the box. 
And I know some of the choir directors in the air, they kind of like direct like right here. They don't go outside like it's like frame right here. They don't go outside. Right. They, they stay right here. Okay. And one of the examples that they will always point out to me, the late Ernest uh, Davis Jr., this he directed the box and he's all the way. I said, I, I said, but okay, I'm, that's not my style. <laughs> so when I joined a particular choir here as, as um, and I became the assistant director, it took a minute for them to get used to me. So I had to like, e- I had to kind of like ease my okay. own style into it. And because I didn't want to come across as, oh, I'm coming, I'm barging in. No, I'm going to work my way in so people can get used to it. And then when people got used to me, they wanted me to do a little bit more extras. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, he did this today. Oh, he did that. And I tell people I don't do things um, to perform. I do it because the anointing moves me in that direction. He moves me like that. That's how he makes me feel when I'm directing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I always made sure, um, as Manny Miles Clark used to tell, tell us, you know, years ago, and I heard this growing up as a kid, Throughout the church, God in Christ, and you know, work with many of, of her, her uh, constituents and proteges, you don't shout until the song is over. <laughs> okay, how happy that song <laughs> makes you. You get through that song, get the message to the audience, and when the anointing falls, try to contain it until that song is done. Then you can go ahead and go for it, you know. <laughs> but I tell you, because I've, I've been in, I've directed choirs and folks and fell out and had a Baptist fit in the choir said why the choir is singing and I'm like oh god it's okay I lost a soprano I lost an alto I'm like okay and I, I tell those other boys just kind of really sing strong because that that main soprano out on the floor somewhere but yeah it's all about it's all about um, knowing the voices and knowing the and then knowing the people the, mm-hmm. the, the I don't want to sound so deep when I say this. But knowing the spirit of the people that you're working with, uh-huh. that's 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 key to me. Okay, knowing the spirit because 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 if, if my spirit don't connect, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna direct. <laughs> I'll just go stay on that front row. I'm gonna stay on that front row and I'll sing. But I would not. I would because I don't want to. I don't want to get frustrated. Okay, and be in the wrong spirit when I'm talking to a choir when I'm directing. So I want to kind of tell them, let's also directors. They 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 got that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I can understand that because of how you, um, it was kind of a conversation I had the other day about some people. When you walk Mm -hmm. in a room, you have a persona, you have a personality, and people Mm -hmm. feel that when you walk in the room. So I'm going to go back to a a phrase that you said, you don't like barging in, which is Mm. excellent because some people will walk into an area or walk into a space and they decide that they're going to have this this persona in the room and you mm-hmm. can instantly change the what's going on in the room the people's mm-hmm. personalities depending mm-hmm. on how you come in and present mm-hmm. yourself and yes. uh, i remember my husband and i had gone to this uh, new church and mm-hmm. I, I told you i sang but mm-hmm. I decided that, you know, okay, I'm going to sit back and watch. And he asked me one time, he's like, why don't you get in the choir? I said, mm, it's really not for me. Mm-hmm. So later, the the director and the musical, um, I'm trying to think of the correct term, because we used to call them just the minister of music, but they call them something mm-hmm. else nowadays. And the music he said, pastor or something like that. He yeah. said, you've been, sitting in, you've been sitting in the audience and you didn't join the choir. I said, uh-uh, because I have a different kind of personality. 
And mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is to get into a, a church choir situation and take over. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. what I really want to do because sometimes mm-hmm. when people know what you can do, they put you in the forefront and then mm-hmm. all of the other people who've been sitting there in the choir, like, wait a minute, why are you going over me? <laughs> you yeah. know, why are you putting yeah. this person in charge of doing X, Y, and Z? And I've been here, I've been a member of the church for 30 years and you're going to put this mm-hmm. person in charge. So you have to know Mm-hmm. your space and your place so. mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> and and i just want to add to that point because i remember when i, when I came to delaware and um <laughs> i it, yeah it, I, I was i was i joined a particular choir and i was they knew i could direct and i guess they seen me somewhere else or they heard the chatter oh yeah there's a new you know choir director he's a new face here you know okay you know and they i guess they, i don't know how I, how I got to them but they found out i can direct and i'd work a choir and i was okay and i went to the first rehearsal and the first thing they did come in and teach this song i'm like but you got other choir directors sitting in here mm. as being longer than me I, and i felt awkward in that moment i'm like mm. so I, I went out of obedience i just went up there and did it and so you know it kind of ruffled a little feathers but then i said okay i said i told i told the individuals to listen i said i don't like coming in this situation mm-hmm. you know that I, or into it or an environment where i'm kind of blind to what's going on i don't know how long some people's been here so i'd rather come and serve mm-hmm. until i get used to the i get used to the vibe of the choir or the, or the spirit of the, of the ministry and so they understood that and so i did that i did that for a couple months and then they started asking hey that's okay I can teach a song. I, mm-hmm. I I taught another song, and it went over well with the choir because they see they sing my they sing me they sing my style they see how I sing they see how I interact with the director when he's directing. You know what I'm saying? How mm-hmm. my energy they sing that says so okay all right all right you know we wouldn't mind him because he, you know he'll bring a good vibe. So I just like to like you I just like to go in and fill it out first and see mm-hmm. if this if this is a place I can serve. But yeah, like you said, yeah, you don't want to go in there. Just <laughs> go in there, just barging doors down. Yeah, I'm here. No, I, I don't like that. That's and that's why I tell people when you go into a like you go into a, like you go into a job, you want to make sure that when you go there, you know the rules and regulations and how uh-huh. they operate and the flow. And every choir has a flow. Yes, yes. Every church has a flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every church don't want to have a praise break every five minutes. You got. <laughs> Yeah, we get to that in, later in the conversation because, yeah, I played at a church where it's all, I, I had to ease it in there because you you can't yeah you can't do that. You got, it's all it's all about knowing. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and understanding and and mm-hmm. understanding what's going on and what's around you. And a lot of people forget that they forget yes. when they you know, especially if you've been you've experienced and you've gone places and you've done things. Some people forget. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. now I have to. I have to understand where I am as opposed to, <laughs> and here's the other thing too, is you, like you said, you start stepping on people's feet. Now, although somebody know you from somewhere else and they bring you in and say, Hey, yeah, I'm gonna bring this guy and blah, 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 blah. Well, somebody's mm-hmm. sitting there in the choir or somebody sitting on an instrument, like, wait a minute now, <laughs> <laughs> where's this coming from? But you don't mm-hmm. know the, and you don't know the, the conversations that they've had in the past. Maybe yes. that person, and sometimes people will bring you into a situation and they know it's a volatile situation, and mm-hmm. they but they think bringing 
UN is going to calm the situation down, but it doesn't. It it creates more friction, and right people exactly. To, people have to be conscientious of that as well when they bring people mm -hmm. in or invite someone in. Maybe uh, the best way to do it is say, "Hey, we have a guest uh, mm -hmm. who's coming to check out the choir, and we would like mm -hmm. them to present." Maybe that mm -hmm. would have been a better way than to say, right. "Hey, come on up here, teach the song." Now, wait. A minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. That keeps I've been the in fire off like of you. Mm -hmm. I've been I, and I'm gonna be very I'm gonna be very transparent in this moment because I, I when I again when I moved to Delaware, I just it's like there were some situations I was kind of thrown into. I went to I went to play that fat place for this particular church for six and a half years. And I just before the pandemic happened, I had resigned. Because I wanted mm. to focus more on my past, my pastor in my church and my own, my community choir, whatever. And so while I was there, when I first got there, I was there as the interim minister of music. I came mm. in to fill in for the minister of music that because he was on he was there on I was there. He was on medical leave, but then they brought me in as interim. I was cool with the interim. I was cool, but that first rehearsal, I talked him a very simple song, talked him something, you know, I, I was okay. I heard them sing before. I know they're the type of choir. They don't like word, songs to be too wordy or too much lyrics. So mm -hmm. I'll teach them something easy, like a Timothy Wright song or has got something that from the early nineties, because it was like a like a a mix of older and younger, but it was more more chronologically aged people in the choir. So I had to make sure the songs were not too way not way too contemporary. Mm -hmm. So when I got there, I taught them an old, you know. Uh, 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 Clark's sister song "Jesus Same Yesterday," something just, just, just the chorus part of it, and kind of add a little, like, add my own little vamp to it to kind of give it a little, oof, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, the people, the church loved it. It was like, oh wow, man, it made the choir really sing, and they had three part <laughs> harmony, you know. And it's okay. The pa the pastor was excited. The whole church was excited. So I was there. And then uh, I think it was the third Sunday the youth choir sang. So I had I, I I directed all the choirs. Okay. So the youth choir song, they were they were you know the youth choir did good. It was, oh okay cool. So um, I was there for about let's see, remember about four or five months because they brought me in right before Thanksgiving. It was like the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Okay. And uh, 2012. And so I was like, okay cool all right whatever. So I came in and did did what I do what I normally do. And time went on. I guess the person that was supposed to be come back as the minister of music never came back mm -hmm. because the church was so like, oh God, he done set the bar so high, so let's keep him. I'm like, so I didn't know the dynamic of what was going on prior to me getting there to become minister of music. So I got thrown into a situation where I'm like, okay. And so the people that were so used to the other minister of music gave me a hard time for a long time. Okay. And so they got used to me. So I tell, and I say this to pastors that's probably listening um, to this interview, be careful when you bring in a new minister music that you fill them in on everything and be very transparent. So that mm -hmm. minister music or that choir director or musician don't feel like they've been mm -hmm. thrown into a fire that they did not. <laughs> uh huh. Didn't start. <laughs> but, yeah. And, you know, so I was kind of in that situation for a while and, and, um, uh, they got used to me, but it was like it was kind of it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. It was it was a it was a big struggle, and I was like, oh man, this is it was it was stressful at times because choir anniversary. They never had choir anniversaries prior to me getting there, so we started having choir anniversaries, and the mm. church was always packed. 
I would do workshops. They never had that there. So I would do workshops. And so even trying to get them to participate, it was kind of hard because they wasn't used to it. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of work. So when I moved here, it was kind of the music scene is a little different here. Okay. You know, it was a little different. So it, it took me some getting used to, but I've learned in this experience being here, know the scene you're in. Uh -huh. Even though I'm not in the the who's who, I learned the area. Okay. So you learn how to work with them accordingly. So as a choir master, for those that are watching, know your if you relocate to a different area or locate to a different city state, learn the area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Let you know quickly, you're not from here. Uh, yeah. Like if I come <laughs> like if I come to Chicago, I know Chicago is full of singers and choirs. Mm -hmm. But I still have to learn the area so I won't overstep nobody's boundaries. Uh -huh. See what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah that's something you got to use wisdom with. <laughs> yeah, one uh, someone I was talking to said that they moved south and uh, said three-part harmony. They didn't even know what that was. They just wanted yeah. to sing a song. And yeah. said he was struggling with them because they didn't want to sing like he was trying to teach them. They wanted to keep singing the way they was singing. Ooh. And I said, really? <laughs> Okay, but you and you think about it, and I was listening to something or read something uh, not too long ago that says people in the choir are not professional singers. People in church choir are not professional singers. They just there right. to get up there and make a joyful noise unto the Lord mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. move on. So mm -hmm. you don't have your uh, people who are interested in becoming the the next best thing or the next great solo artist or what have you, mm -hmm. you have people mm -hmm. who are up there trying to sing because mm -hmm. of just lifting up the name of jesus and mm -hmm. going on to you know congregational type singing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i say that to transition to this congregational type singing is that falling by the wayside because of the praise and worship team Ooh, ooh, you're gonna get me in trouble on this interview. <laughs> you get me in trouble. Okay, I'm gonna go there because you 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 follow me on social media. You know I don't have a problem saying, you know, what's necessary. Listen, I'm I'm for all of it, right? I'm all for I love traditional, I love contemporary, I love because I've taught all facets of it because you know when praise and worship became a thing in the black church in mm -hmm. the um, I say early '90s, it started to become a thing because West Angeles and Thomas Whitfield, they were doing it back in the Hawkins. They were doing it all back in the '80s, and we didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they mm -hmm. they introduced it back then, and we didn't, even, you know, we just saw it. Oh, oh, it's a beautiful song, you know. But when it came into the '90s, and I remember when I started working in radio in Buffalo in '96, I noticed the choirs started to kind of like downsize, mm. and I'm like. Like Fred Hammond started with this big choir, Radical for Christ. All of a sudden, the next album was an ensemble. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, who else? It was quite a few. Choir. Ricky Diller, his choir downsized for a minute. And I said, like, wait a minute. James Hall. I'm like, wait a minute. Where are the choirs going right now? You know, but um, tradi <sighs> that's, that's, that's a vast, that's a loaded question. <laughs> that's a loaded question. My opinion, there should be a balance. There should be a balance. Um, but I don't think that we should leave the roots mm -hmm. of 
where we started. You know what I'm saying? Because gospel choir music has always been um, the anchor, mm-hmm. you know, in most of our, especially the black churches. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back to biblical times, you know, there was the choir there in the temple mm-hmm. with the priests serving, the Levites. So that's biblical. We cannot dismiss the choir. And when they start praise and worship start being the replace repl- replacement for the choirs mm-hmm. and praise and worship teams, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to keep hearing four or five chords in the same line in unison. I want to hear a three part because after a while, it, it becomes you get tired of crying and swaying and and and, and spitting and carrying on. You want to you want to be able to get a toe tapping. You want to clap your hands. You want to wave your hand. You know. You want something to ignite your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Praise and worship prepares you for the rest of the of the church experience. That's what really what it's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And the choir comes and and really lifts. The choir comes and lifts and 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 prepare the way for the preacher to come because there's mm-hmm. layers to the worship experience. So when I start seeing choirs being replaced with praise teams, I, I mean, like, wow. Where did the choirs go? And they said choirs that never went anywhere. But in the industry, the choirs did kind of take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Because people wasn't, people wasn't, people wasn't this generation now. I love, I love what they're doing. But don't I always kept saying, I said this when I was in radio, even back then when it started to become a, a trend. Let's not forget about the choir. Mm-hmm. Because it was a choir. Well, all these singers that's out here now, y'all, y'all started in the choir. Mm-hmm. A lot of R&B artists started in the choir, you know. Mm-hmm. So everything traces back to the choir. <laughs> so I, t- I, the church I was at, uh, as minister music, I was trying to start a praise team, and they wasn't really for it because they said we don't want to lose our, we don't want to kind of move away from, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the choir because then after a while it's just gonna be the praise team, and then I hate that churches have adopted this where the praise team is separate from the choir. Mm. When it's time for the choir to sing, the praise team going to sit on the front row or sit on the side. Oh, yeah. They don't, okay. they don't sing in the choir. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't like that. If you sing on the praise team, you sing it. If you get your tail in the choir and sing, mm-hmm. you, you're mm-hmm. not you're not exclusive. Now, <laughs> if the pastor... <laughs> now, I know some churches and even some major churches, they do that. And I'm like, Mm-mm. let them all sing. They're, they're the music department. So that causes division. Mm-hmm. That caused mm-hmm. a great divide within a department, and I and I, I and I say to pastors, never separate your praise team from your choir. You always keep them as one. If 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 when praise and worship is over, all right, go and put your robe on, get in the choir, mm-hmm. get in your spot in the choir, mm-hmm. or have your robe on with the choir, even mm-hmm. though you're doing praise and worship, have your robe on, whatever color the choir wearing, you wear it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we we've just. Yeah, it, it became a thing where I just go, mm, we yeah. need the choir. So I'm glad choirs are reemerging again. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's during the pandemic. Now I say this during the pandemic, we started seeing Zoom choirs. Right, that became a thing, and I said, uh, I said I'm starting to see. And I told one of my uh, my my um, my producer, I told him, I said I I'm starting to see a resurgence of choirs again. He said, Yeah, he's the choirs are coming back. You mm-hmm. see, you know. Um, uh, a lot of the major choirs that was, you know, out here booming at one time, right, they're all right. starting to they're starting to reassemble and mm-hmm. come back together and in large numbers. 
Uh, one choir that I can say that that really kept, uh, uh besides Ricky Dillard, um, and a couple others that kept the choir strong was Kevin Lemons. He mm-hmm. he always he all, and that's why I, that's oh he's oh he left here too soon. Oh God, it broke my heart when he uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. He kept the sound strong in the gospel ministry. His yeah. YouTube channel, his his social media, you always saw him pushing the choir mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so it really ignited our you know generation um and the ones after us that's coming up it kind of reintroduced them to the choir because praise and worship was all they were used to you know mm-hmm. and now they said oh choir is cool you know what i'm saying so now yeah i just think it was replaced at one point with a choir yeah. and i i just i just i now <laughs> I, lo- I love praise and worship because i even teach praise and worship but i always say in my in my seminars and classes but don't forget you supposed to serve in your church choir too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. another thing i'm gonna say is real quick that if you don't sing in your church choir you don't need to sing in community choir okay all right <laughs> so why do you say that i'm i'm, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna ask you why do you say that Okay, so I'll say this, um, and it depends on the situation. With some because some, some people go to a big church or a mega church. I understand that, but, to, but if you're in a, a medium sized church, right? If you're in a, I say, like six hundred, five hundred, or less, you know, member church. Mm-hmm. If you're singing in a community choir, serve at your home church. Serve there because that's where it all starts. It starts with your home church, and whatever you learn in your community choir. Maybe you could bring some of those some of those ideas to help enhance what you're doing at your home church. You see what I'm saying? So I tell people, don't forsake your home, your local church. Because some of the choirs I know, major choirs that I know, matter of fact, the choir I used to sing in Beck and Buffalo, we had to serve at our home church first mm. before we came, before we sung, came to an engagement. If your church choir had an African engagement, because in my choir, um, even with the singers here, I said, make sure your home church is first. And then when you get done over there, then you can slide out and come on over here. Because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, you know, it's all about being a servant. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, I'm going to ask you this, because Uh-oh. I have a different <laughs> spin on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I sing with um, professional recording choir, community mm-hmm. choir, but mm-hmm. I stopped singing in my church choir. Mm-hmm. And I had stopped, actually had stopped singing in my church choir a few years before that because mm-hmm. of the issues. So I I like what you said about bringing ideas to the choir, but, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put a b- big but there. Mm-hmm. If you're presenting, talking to the minister of music or saying something to the choir members, something mm-hmm. that you're learning from a community mm-hmm. choir that you're singing with, that's not going to bowl over well. I know no. that. I know that personally. Not, not that's true. I it's not going that. to bowl over well. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. and there were things that were happening in, I'm, I'll just use my personal background, things that were happening mm-hmm. in my church choir that I didn't like. One of mm-hmm. which is people would half come to choir rehearsal. They wasn't mm-hmm. coming to rehearsal uh, unless we were having a musical or an anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's when mm-hmm. they would, that's when people would come. Uh, mm-hmm. And it got so bad where the the pastor of the church came to rehearsal and said, 
I'm putting a kibosh on all the anniversaries from this point on because people will have two or three or four people in the choir singing on Sundays. And I was one of those two, three or four folks out there. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden for choir anniversary, the choir stand was full. It was overflowing. And yeah. And I kind of fault the the minister of music at the time because mm -hmm. he was not stern enough for doing that. But then when mm -hmm. you come in and try to teach something or talk to them about something, it was, oh, mm -hmm. you just so hoity-toity and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm trying to teach you how to, you know, I'm just talking about what we're learning as a community mm -hmm. choir, traveling choir. Right. So mm -hmm. it got so bad that one Sunday, uh, one of the choir, a choir director, mm -hmm. service had started. We're mm -hmm. already into the second song. Choir director mm -hmm. comes into the church, pulls the coat off, comes right up to the choir stand because the minister of music was playing a song and somebody else was directing it and then came right on up there in the choir stand and moved the other director out of the way. I was too through. I was so upset. Ooh. I walked out in the middle of the song and not only just walked out of the choir stand, I walked out of church because I thought that was so disrespectful. So yeah. when you say that, now, in a community choir, that wouldn't have mm -hmm. ever held up. No. <laughs> that wouldn't have no. ever held up. So, no. you know, I that's why I have to kind of push back on that when you say singing in your church choir, serving in church. Now, I served in other capacities at my church, but I didn't mm -hmm. sing in the choir anymore. Well, you know what? I, I'll say this because, you know, I do agree with you. I do. I do agree with you. And that's why I'll say it depending on the situation. And... One of the, now, so I I went through a situation similar to what you went through, because at my home church I was I was singing with a recording choir, and serving at my home church as ministry music, but when <laughs> some other stuff was going on that I didn't care for within the choir, and I had its uh, assistant director who just wanted to be the director, mm. I and I stopped playing the organ every time the choir got up. I never got an organ. I got off the organ on the front row and didn't play for, mm. for two and a half years. I said, no, y'all going to sing a cappella. I said, you don't want, want me, you know what I'm saying? And I told the pastor, who was my cousin, I told him, I said, mm -mm. guess what else to do it? I said, nope. I said, because I don't like being disrespected like that. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I've been, I've been those shoes before, so I'm, yeah, let, let me, I, I, yeah, I'll retract my part of my statement on that one. But yeah, just yeah, it was yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about because I went through that similar situation where I just I just sat on the phone for two years, let them sing without no music. And if my mom was on this on this particular, she's oh yeah, he did that. Like, get on, get on the organ, get on the organ. I'm like, mm -mm. I'll stand shaking it just like this. Mm -mm. Nope. They begging for two. I said nope. And then when um she finally came to me, and said, well, I need your help. I said, well, you got to sit in front of the choir and apologize to me. Mm. Because the way the way you barged in here, you know what I'm saying, and mm -hmm. you have no real musical experience, and, and and most of the people are just there. We had great singers, we had great singers in our church choir, but it's just that sometimes people felt like they felt entitled because oh, mm -hmm. I want to do this and that, and I, you know it was always something going on. But I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I have to agree with you on that because I went through that same situation. Back in the late nineties at my home church, and it was just I didn't care for it. I was, yeah. So I slept for two to, years in play. You have to be respectful, and not only that is that mm -hmm. people in the congregation are mm -hmm. looking at 
things like that. And they, yes. they see that and they see the discord. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder, do I really need to be here? Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know so you have to and learn. And like I said, I served in other capacities at the church, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I didn't sing in the choir anymore, but I served mm -hmm. in other capacities and was fantastic at doing other things. But, mm -hmm. you know, and I said, they were like, well, you getting back in the choir? Nope. I'm, I'm not going to do that because I can't put myself through that where I get and that I, and, angry. And then. I like what you I like what you did. You instead of singing the choir, you you served in other areas. Mm -hmm. So that makes up that kind of makes up for <laughs> not being over there in the choir. <laughs> so I, I get it. I definitely I now, now I see the full spectrum of what you're saying. Yeah. Some sometimes it's some some people just not meant. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You know, sometimes you okay. Or, or, or I served in that capacity, all right. Because my mom, she stopped singing in the church choir. She's all right. Mm -mm. She said, "Baby, she's I'm because she was a, she was one of the ministers at our church." And I said, "I said, mom, I, I said, come back in the choir." She said, mm -mm. She said "No, <laughs> that's the best way to keep your um, she said, mm -mm. spirituality." I'll just say it. Like yes, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm telling you. And so that that's 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 some and that, that I've kind of over the years. Um, because I've been in many more, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's because you, you, you know, you, you've been, you've been, um, and served the years in music ministry and, and been around it mm -hmm. and even around some of the greats, you know, and I'm quite sure you've been in a lot of situations or been some yourself where you just had to kind of like go, okay, okay, I, I think my season is up with this right here, here because <laughs> my spirit right here is not, is not, is not feeling it. It's like, mm -mm. And it's not your flesh is that, that you just don't want to be in a situation where you have to wake up the, the other side of you wake up like mm -mm. I said, let me just walk away from this. Uh -huh. Let me just and I and I, I I believe that God will give you that little that little nudge like okay all right hey mm -hmm. this is not <laughs> this is not serving the purpose right now in your walks so okay you, you appreciate that over there but okay now let's come over here and do this over here so I I get it I totally get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I now get it. we're going to transition to what you have going on. I know it's Ooh. a lot. You're busy. Ooh, what God, you have going on that's coming up soon? Well, I'm getting ready for my first national live recording. Um, mm. I, I was always in the choir or help directing for recording or studio, whatever now, but now I'm in front. Mm -hmm. I'm like the <laughs> I'm like the front guy, you know. So it's it's kind of a different dynamic because I like serving. I like I like to help push other people out there in front, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I just I just love seeing other people, you know, shine, you know. But when I was talking to my producer today, he was like, Oh my God, he said, Are you excited? I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> 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 I am, but it's like, Ugh. it's all it's all the logistics that goes with it and um that's coming up may 19th okay and i'm looking forward to it most of my singers are from different parts of the country and, and even in canada um and god is um it started as a workshop choir back in 1991 and then morphed into a community choir in the late 90s and then we went through several name changes the choir experience fellowship went through it started as day of pentecost the workshop that you that you were talking about mm -hmm. and then i was in high school when i started that in my freshman year, <laughs> go figure that one. <laughs> and um, uh, and I, I had a chance to work within the gospel industry, you know, in Western New York, and sing with you know a lot of you know big artists that came through, did backup for a lot of people, you know, that came through and they needed a choir or need choir members. 
So it was great, you know, and serving in the state music department, that was great exposure right there. And um, so all that prepared me for, you know, the choir experience, which is uh, the new name. We put under that name for about good seven years now, seven, eight years now. Okay. And um, I've had, you know, I choir, it's like a revolving door. <laughs> <laughs> so this time, because when I moved to Delaware, it was kind of, it was, it was, it became a small ensemble instead of a, like a 50 voice or 35 mm-hmm. voice. It became like about 10, 15 people. And so, um, so the Lord during the pandemic, um, the Lord placed by my heart to reach out to some of my friends around the country that said, Hey, you know, we, 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 we admire your ministry. We love to see you direct. We, I mean, I would love to experience, you know, you know, being in the choir, you direct. And I said, well, why don't you, you know, come and be a part of what, you know, of the choir experience fellowship. And they said, well, I said, well, we don't do this way. Ricky Diller does it. And the choir, okay. the choir, Kevin Lemons and all of them. Hey, they got singers all over the country. They send them the music, they listen to it, and then when the time come together, they rehearse it, perfect it, and then they you do what they got to do. Okay. So um, that's what we did. We're doing for this recording, and um, a lot of them are from like Chicago, Detroit, uh, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Brooklyn, New York, New York City. They come from everywhere. Okay. And so uh, we're, we're going to do our first live recording um, here in Wilmington, Delaware, at the Arise Church 20, uh, 20, 20 wait, 4200. <laughs> I can't get. Because it's a it's a long name twenty wait two two zero zero Banyard Boulevard in Wilmington Delaware um it's um historic um location it's it's a it's one of the landmarks of the Wilmington Delaware landmark churches um and so um the pastor there it was gonna be held in Buffalo Mill but we moved it to Delaware um so it's gonna be easier mm-hmm. for me to navigate everything so um so yeah we're gonna do it here on May nineteenth um the tickets can be purchased on our on our website at www choirexperience dot com and um and so um the e there be e tickets we don't have a paper ticket we had an e ticket okay the e ticket you can get online um, up until May eighteenth and then um if you miss the VIP or if you miss the deadline for the e ticket you can just pay at the door which is twenty dollars of course so okay yeah. all right that and, sounds exciting and, yes and then we have a lot of guests coming in. also during the recording. We're going to um, honor um, Professor Dr. Michael Ross. Many of you know him from Bishop Ronald E. Brown, out of South Carolina, um, and um, he's one. He was one of the writers in the industry. I think kind of got overlooked in a lot of ways because he is an amazing writer. And so we're going to be honoring him and celebrating him by recording two of his songs for, on our project. And I wrote some material as well. David Brock. Okay. Got a song on the project. <laughs> um, I'm quite sure you know who David Brock is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's um he has a song on the project and um we're really excited about it and it's it's coming together. And um, like I said, it's like <laughs> but I'm excited about it. Um this has been a long time coming. This has been twenty five years in the making. Okay. I did three recordings in the past uh with my choir, but we didn't release anything because we had a lot of technical issues or mm. There was a lot going on. And I said, no, nah, I said, all right, Lord, it's the fourth time. <laughs> so this, so this time God blessed me with an amazing team. Um, and the people that I have working with me, um, I, I, they work a lot of major artists, like on secular and the gospel side. Okay. And, um, and I thank God that, you know, God bless with people that they have, they, they caught my vision. I just presented it to them and said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And they said, okay, all right, let's do it. And so we, we're in the middle of doing pre-production right now. And the pre production oh my god the amazingness that i hear mm-hmm. you know every 
as I wanted songs that would minister to ev- that everybody can sing, church choir, praise sing. Everybody can sing it. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a choir, have an ensemble, hey, there's a song on there for you. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a full palette. Hymns, (laughs) anthems. It's it's a full palette. Full palette of music. So Mm -hmm. That is great. That is great. Yes, ma'am. Now, I want to thank my guest, Apostle Dale L. Stoudemire, for (laughs) participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the Mm -hmm. audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this podcast segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to letstalktogmg at gmail.com. That's letstalk2gmg at gmail.com. You may also like and share the podcast episode, or if you subscribe, you'll be alerted when the next show is published. Now, what's new with Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold? We have a radio show on WMRMDB Internet Radio Station, which comes on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am your host, Ansonia, saying, let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you? as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church how to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process? to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan.